Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit that J-O-B, that just overbroke job by investing, by having side hustles, being a freelancer, starting your own business, and all those great things. Today, I am bringing on an expert who's going to share with us how we can create passive income. That's where we work one time and get paid over and over and over again. That is the fantastic way to become wealthy and successfully unemployed. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show, the place where ordinary people become extraordinary by finding the path to financial freedom through entrepreneurship, side hustles, and passive income. We've already blazed the path, showing you how to retire early and have financial independence so you will never work for someone else again. And now, here's your host, Dustin Heiner. Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm super pumped to have you guys here with me on the Successfully Unemployed Show. It is so fantastic to see so many people change their life by finding a way to make money outside of that dead-end J-O-B. I quit my job. In fact, I was actually laid off and then realized, my goodness, my job is the most risky thing I could ever do in my life because I'm putting all my livelihood in somebody else's hands. They could lay me off or fire me at any time. And so I realized after getting laid off, it's time for me now to work myself out of a job by investing in real estate, by starting businesses, by doing so many other things with passive income. And I am pumped to bring on an expert who has created so many different ways to make passive income. And passive income could be just like writing a book and selling it over and over again. Passive income could also be where you create a business and you have people work in the business and they make money for you. Like I have the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. I'm literally building an entire business. Now, obviously there's gonna be work, but with this Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference, I have hired other people to help me run the conference. So all I'm gonna have to do is just walk around and say hi to people and encourage people, show them how to invest in real estate. I'm not gonna have to run the business. That's a passive income business. Now, if I buy one rental property, that property makes me money over and over again, whether I'm sleeping or awake, I don't do anything and it still makes me money. Same thing with the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. I'm creating this conference and hiring other people. They're doing the work and I'm reaping the benefits of it. Obviously, I'm paying them well. They're getting taken care of. But it's because I am able to now help so many other people to invest in real estate. If you have not gotten your tickets for the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference, RubeCon for short, go to R-E-W-B-C-O-N dot com r-e-w-b-c-o-n.com it'll be in the description use the promo code dustin to get your ticket for 50 dollars off and there's still time to get your tickets this conference is going to be awesome it's going to have multifamily investing airbnb syndications land investing mobile homes storages storage units long-term investing all that sort of stuff is all going to be there and passive investing too so get your tickets right away now let's jump into today's show where i interview chris miles who's going to show us how we can create money ripples throughout our life and have passive income where we work one time and make money over and over and over again okay here we go my interview with chris miles chris thank you so much for being on the show hey such an honor to be here dustin Matt, okay, so Chris, you have lots of ways that you make money for your family, which is great. So tell us, what is the basic way that you make money to provide for yourself and your family without working that dead-end J-O-B? 
it always comes back down to passive income, right? Like how do we create income? How do we create ways for us to be able to make money while we sleep? You know, um, I've done it from two main ways um, and I separate them, right? There's, I call it residual income is one. Residual income is, is streams that come from your business, right? You know, business income streams that come that maybe you work to develop it, but now it's more passive, whether it's like from online type stuff, whether it's like renewals or memberships or whatever it might be, like those kind of things that you're able to do the upfront work, but then it keeps paying you. Um, and then there's the other side, which is the passive income, which I use more for my investing is how does my money make money? And so I do that from just getting my money work for me, whether it's in the real estate arena of all sorts, you know, or in mineral rights or whatever it might be, and just be able to get my money working for me harder. So I, have, I can stop working so hard for my money. That's great. And especially when you think about how much time that it, it takes out of your life, if you're working a 40 plus hour a week job, I mean, that's literally your life. You're just spending working for somebody else, which is just, it's just not the way to go. I found Passive income is fantastic. And then investments is fantastic, just the same. Now, what were you doing before you found all these revenue streams and quitting all these businesses and getting passive income? And then how did that transition you into being able to quit your job? Yeah, so that my very first job, I had it for five years, right? My first corporate job. Um, and I was doing customer service, taking calls. Um, I eventually capped out at $11.69 an hour. I mean, nowadays that sounds just miserable, but it wasn't great then either. Um, but I was doing that. And then I started to, uh, you know, moonlight or I wouldn't say moonlight. That almost sounds like moonshine, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I was starting to have a side hustle being a financial advisor and this is 20 years ago. Right. And so I started becoming a financial advisor and being my own entrepreneur, it was commission only, uh, eventually I transitioned away from it. And I went to that more full time, but it was still like being trapped in a job. Even though you're an entrepreneur, a thing that people don't realize is that you can actually create a job for yourself. You can be just as trapped, if not more trapped than being someone who works a nine to five job. Because I had that nine to five job, right? I was, well, eight to five because he had a lunch break. But still, <laughs> I had that job, but at least I could go home. Where as a financial advisor, it could be at all hours of the day. I was working overtime hours. And sometimes it felt like I was making you know less than what I was making as a, at a normal J-O-B. Um, so I did that for a little while. Um, and 2006 was my big epiphany year, right? Because that's when one of my friends came to me talking about real estate investing and, and focusing on cash flow versus just accumulating my money inside the stock market. Because it used to be always like, Hey, just put that money away, sock it away. But it never gave you a benefit day to day. Did it like, it's always like, Oh, someday I can get to that retirement account. Once I switched that, I started going for more cash flowing type stuff. Right. And I actually started creating business income streams I didn't intend to do just from like connections, like referral type relationships, things like that. I was making some commissions there and then also doing real estate investing. The next thing I know by the summer of 2006, even though I didn't have a ton of money, I actually was making about four or $5,000 a month, just, you know, just working a few hours a week, which was a very different mindset than when I was working overtime hours, trying to make that same kind of income as a financial advisor, you know? So um, that's, that was the big shift for me that, that changed everything and got me away from that normal, just work and slave away at a job or a business that I basically own a job. And so getting out of owning a job, cause I mean, people might think, well, if I start, let's say a carpet cleaning business, or I start a tree trimming business, basically you're creating another job for yourself. And if you don't get that next customer or you don't clean that next carpet or, you know, the next house, you're not going to get money. And so I found just like you have said, as you put your time towards creating passive income, getting investments that make money without you working is just by far fantastic. Now, if somebody were to, like if I were to get started, because 
a lot of people might think, well, let me just go ahead and quit my job right now and then jump right into doing something else that's like, you know, either creating a job or something like that. Would you recommend that or would you recommend um, building up so that you can, I'm not say comfortably, but you can step out and not literally be in your car, sleeping in your car because you don't have enough money? Yeah, it's always case by case, but I would definitely say keep that job for, for a while, right? Pretty, pretty much as long as you can um, while building up that side income on the side, right? I mean, that's that's the key. I, I made the mistake of jumping a little bit too early when I left the corporate job. You know, I left after five after five years. They retired my internal phone extension, you know, um, gave me a gave me a cheap watch. It wasn't even like a nice watch, you know, my little retirement type thing. Um, but I was so excited to leave. Right? I was like so excited just to be my own business owner. And then the pressure of having to really feed my family off of commission only uh, that was heavy on me. It got so heavy that when I started talking with people like potential clients, I almost drove them away because I had desperation in my voice, right? I call it business breath, right? You always know those people because you go to a networking event, they're throwing cart, you know, their business cards at you like they're Chinese stars and you get sliced up and everything. You don't ever want to be in that desperation because it actually drives business away. You work three, five times harder just to try to make the same dollars you'd make if you weren't desperate. So if I were to go back in time and do it again, I would definitely try to build up those streams of income to the point where it exceeds the income that I'm making, or at least exceeds the expenses that I have at home. Not just matches or just a little short, but actually exceeds it. Especially if you're investing, right? If you're taking that money, putting it into something like real estate, you don't, you're not going to be able to buy many properties or invest that money if you don't have extra money, like if it's all going toward expenses. So I really appreciate that you shared that. Now, if we're going to get started investing in real estate, should we jump right into, let's say, multifamily, which is like apartment complexes, 40, 50 units? Should we start house hacking? Should we start with a, I don't know, a single family home or even a condo? Like, what are your thoughts if we're going to get started investing in real estate? Where should we get started? It depends on your bandwidth. Um, and if you're if you're already feeling maxed out with your time with the work that you're doing, I would look very passively. I wouldn't try to build a big real estate business right off the bat. I wouldn't try to like go and do your own deals. Like you know, we would try to do wholesaling and flipping or, you know, trying to renovate properties yourself or whatever it might be. That's just, that's a lot of work, right? Um, if anything, partner with people to help you do that, where you're more the passive financer, you use the cash to help finance it and you let them do the work, you know, and, and you can split returns. You can do all kinds of things. So you can still be actively investing, have a business, but at least be in the place where you're not doing a lot of the labor behind it. You might be the person that's more financing it. If you've got the time, great. Like that, that's a, a great resource to be able to leverage and utilize and get some of that sweat equity to help you pay and get out of that rat race faster. Um, again, it's always case by case. Um, most people I talk to most of the time, they're like, I'm already pretty maxed out. If I do anything more, I'm not going to have a family anymore. And, and I don't want people to lose their family over that. So I'm like, great. Well, there's plenty of passive deals you can do whether it's buying turnkey real estate properties where somebody else manages them, right? You could be doing syndications. You know, you could obviously be putting your money into apartment deals that way versus trying to find your own apartment. People are already doing that research for you. Just let them do the work. Yeah, you'll get less of a return, but that's a heck of a lot better than trying to kill yourself over trying to make a little extra money. It's just money's not worth it a lot of times to get rid of your peace of mind. Absolutely. And I found that the more time that I could spend with my family, the more time that I can instill in them, you know, have just have building a relationship is so much better than extra money. And obviously when you don't have very much money, it's great. Like you want to get more money and you kind of forego hanging out with your family or forego, you know, teaching or coaching your kids literally like games. I mean, you, you do forego that stuff because you have to make ends meet. Now, once you get past that, let's say we wanted to 
invest in real estate. We don't we don't have enough money to really get started in passive investing. You know, like we're we're still struggling to make ends meet. Is it wise to do flipping or wholesale flipping a house? You know, buying a house, fixing it up, selling it for profit, or wholesaling where you're basically like a realtor. You're connecting the buyer and the seller together. Is that wise to do, or is that like if you have extra time and you just need to make sure that you start making more money? Would you do that as well? Well, that's where you might reverse the situation, right? You might be the one putting in the sweat equity while somebody else finances it as a partner, right? Um, again, you have to be careful with that because, you know, you want to make sure that partner has experience because if you're just trying to come out cold, never done it before, you don't have any money, but you're trying to put all this effort into the deal. You borrow somebody else's money or they're putting money in with you and then you lose it because you screw up the deals, right? That's not a good thing. You know, if you can get somebody else to kind of back you up and say, listen, I'm going to put the work in. You want to be more passive with this, you know, but you know what to do. Let me put the work and the effort in for you. We have an actual business here together and there's ways to do it. Again, if you've got that time, great. Now, if you don't have any money and no time either, your best thing is to figure out how you can get as lean as possible at home so you can have extra cash to start saving up, get your expenses down, get your income up, find ways to generate more income in the less time, and uh, and then start to save and save and get your money working You know, to the point where you can start getting working for you now. I think you hit the nail on the head with figuring out how to cut your expenses, increase the amount of income that you have, especially if you're low on money and low on time. I mean, we have to be working out and figuring out, okay, where can we cut? Where can we get rid of things? Like if there's something that we're spending money on that we can cut out, let's do that. Or if we're spending our time in someplace else, like so a lot of people might say, I don't have enough time to do this. Well, you just ask yourself a question. How much TV do you watch in a single day, let alone a week, if not a month? If you cut out literally every bit of TV, well, I, I love I love NFL. Sorry, I love football in general. So I know people want to watch NFL, want to watch college. And so that's a pastime that they want to do. But I literally stopped watching any of that, even though I was watching like before I was really trying to grow my business and start investing. I was watching like hours and hours and hours every single week, like all day Sunday, all day Saturday, all day Friday, all that sort of. And now realize now after, oh my goodness, I'm spending so much time on things that aren't going to benefit me in the future. Why don't I cut that out? And thinking about cutting out that out, that got me so much more time. But I love also, I really want you to touch a little bit more on this. You were also talking about somebody possibly partnering with somebody that may have experience, that may have a little bit of money, but they also can help you learn and grow. What are your thoughts about trying to find somebody, maybe a mentor, maybe a coach, but somebody who's done it that you would be able to say, you know what, I can work hard Help me to learn the business. I'll work hard for you and we'll grow together. I, I think the apprentice model is like the best thing ever, right? I mean, apprentice model is like how we did things before college became a big thing, right? And now we're getting to the point where college is so super expensive and so little ROI. And we're like, why, why am I going to college when I can learn to do something better, create more freedom, more money, and, and not have all the student loans to go with it, right? And hey, guys, get my real estate investing course absolutely for free. Text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. Rental to 33777. And I'll give you, literally give you my real estate investing course showing you how to find an area of the country to invest, how to build the business first, how to scale the business, buy the right properties, making $250 or more every single month in passive income. I'll literally just give it to you you can get started investing right away. Text the word rental to 33777. Uh, and I think the apprentice model, be able to put that sweat equity in, that work study program, if you put it in college terms, I think is, is one of the most brilliant ways to learn because 
you can shortcut it. You can, you can avoid a lot of the mistakes that somebody else who's a mentor of yours has already gone through. You can actually say, listen, I've got the experience behind me, someone to support me, but now I'm gaining the experience and, and shortcutting my way to that path of success. Everybody, need, you definitely need to hear this. That's a shortcut. Like the time frame, if you were to do it by yourself, would be much longer. If you have somebody else that's with you, a coach, a mentor, somebody like you know, you're an apprentice to them, they're going to help you to dramatically decrease the amount of time that's going to take to get wherever you want to go. As, at the same time, save you lots of money and headache because they're saying they're going to tell you. At least I've done this with my students. Hey, I've done this before. This was the problem, and this is like how it. Like I'm going to try to save you from falling this landmine or stepping on this landmine. Don't do this because this is what's going to happen. And then that helps them in turn do things the right way, which speeds everything up. And I would absolutely pay. Not look, A lot of people think, well, I want to go to work because I want to make money. Uh, my opinion now, I'm grown enough to like my mentality of I don't work to make money. I work to learn. Robert Kiyosaki in his book, Rich Dad Poor Dad, mentions this or talks about it, work to learn. And I started thinking, you know what? I wouldn't just be like an intern at with Warren Buffett. I wouldn't just say, hey, can I work for you for free? I would say, Warren, Mr. Buffett, can I pay you to work for you? And I would say that because all the network, the people that I would be around, that he's around, would help me tremendously. His expertise, his understanding, even just wisdom from his many years of investing is just going to be so fantastic. So that apprentice model is Hopefully going to be taken to come back. I've seen a lot of people doing more trades and more things that are like that really help you get out of college. In fact, uh, Chris, you'll probably said this. Um, I definitely am with my kids. I'm encouraging them to buy real estate as opposed to going to college. I mean, if you're going to spend sixty, seventy thousand dollars to get a loan that you're just going to get a piece of paper, might as well get sixty, seventy thousand dollars in debt getting a property that's getting you two hundred fifty dollars or more in passive income every single month, and then your tenant's paying off the rest of the mortgage. So I love the idea of foregoing college. Now, if somebody were to say, I want, I, you know, I started saving some money and I want to now learn how to do this. Is, is the best thing to just jump into it or should we like listen to podcasts, read books, or like, it, what are your thoughts of like, we have enough money and we have a little time that we want to start developing into. What, what would you suggest we should go with? You definitely need the education to go with it, right? Um, it's not that you have to just be a, a, a eternal student. You know, you don't have to be a student for the rest of your life and be doing this, you know, listening to these podcasts or reading books or whatever for the next, you know, few decades because you're going to lose out on opportunity. At some point, you're going to take action. Um, I, I think the fastest way to do it, though, of course, is finding somebody that will help you do it. You know, like you said, I mean, paying somebody to help me to be able to do that, you know, paying Warren Buffett to teach you the ropes. I mean, there, there are people that actually do that. Uh, if you think about like the Japanese sushi chef, right? The, the one that's world famous in Japan, like people literally work for basically no pay for 10 years before they can finally start prepping the vegetables, right? They can't even touch any of the food until 10 years in, you know? Um, I think if we all came with that kind of attitude and realized like, hey, I got to really be a student of this. I got to learn it. Understand the vernacular. That's why the podcasts are great because it's a free resource to use. But when you get to the point you say, okay, I, I'm getting it. I feel like I want to venture out into it, but it's still a little scary. That's where you need to bridge the gap and get somebody to say, all right, let's help take you the rest of the way. Let's get me someone that's experienced, that's been there, done that, and then still doing it today. That's a key thing I think is really important because you get people that have been there, done that, and they say like, yeah, in the 1990s, I did this. Okay, well, what have you done since? Well, you know, it's been a little rough. Okay, well, 
I need somebody who's actually still in the, you know, they're still got their finger on the pulse. They still know what's going on. You, you get that kind of advice, whether, whether it's, again, you're offering value to them in any way, shape or form, whether it's money, whether it's time or labor, whatever it is, find that person to help get you there to shortcut your way to success. Now, if we're going to, let's, let's talk about syndication or multifamily investing. Yeah. And let's say I wanted to actually, instead of being a passive investor, you obviously find somebody who's doing it, park your money or give, you know, give them money that you get equity in the deal. Instead of doing that, mm -hmm. let's say I wanted to get started with like, I don't know, a 12 unit apartment complex. Mm -hmm. Is that a huge leap from buying a single family home to jumping into something that's like a 12 unit? Or is it something that we can actually do? What are your thoughts about how we get started doing that? Well, it depends. I mean, are you talking about you setting up your own syndication or going into somebody else's? Setting up my own. Oh, set up your own. That's a whole nother animal right there. I mean, it's it's way easier to buy your own your own single family property or even a duplex or a triplex, right? Um, when you start to try to syndicate something and you're trying to raise capital, that's a whole nother skill, right? That's a whole nother. Really, this is where you kind of become more of a business owner in the real estate business versus just being a real estate investor, right? And with that, there's extra protection you want to start putting in place. You still want to know, you want to have the right, right legal structures, the right contracts and agreements. Um, again, I still think you should when you're starting out those first deals, partner with somebody offer to bring them as, as like a, an actual partner with you that has had experience in that same space. If it's 12 unit might say, Hey, this is a small deal. I want to bring you in just for your expertise. You don't have to put any money down. I just need you to guide us, make sure we're, we're doing the right things on this deal. Make sure we're crossing our T's down our I's, make sure we're doing the right due diligence so that we can stress test this the right way. Um, bring somebody in that way to kind of give you that little, little extra training wheels. Right. And then as you start to get that under your belt, Great. Then start to expand beyond that. Um, I've seen too, just too many people. I'm sure you have too, Dustin, where people just try to jump right in. They want to just go for that home run. They end up striking out instead. And, and, and sometimes they learn the lessons, but sometimes they don't. And sometimes they just end up repeating them over and over to the point where people view you as like, oh, you're that person. You're that person that always asks for money, always finds the opportunities, but can never deliver. You know, and you never want to have that reputation, especially if you're trying to get to the point where you'll eventually raise capital. So would you suggest if we're working a regular job and we want to start investing, would it be better to start with a single family home? Because when you get to multifamily, it gets commercial loans. And if you're starting to get, you know, a higher down payment, which like you're saying, you need to borrow or give equity to other people while they lend you money or, you know, give you money to be a part of the deal. Would it be better to start with a single family duplex or something like that? I think so. I, I think they're simpler. They're they're easier to, to manage and figure out. Um, again, I don't like to manage my own properties. I find somebody else to property manage, right? Um, that also helps me too because I'm a crappy property manager. I, I don't hold boundaries well enough. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think that's that's what I did. I mean, even after the last recession, when I got burned and I lost pretty much everything, other you know, other than you know, going bankrupt. I was right that close to having to go bankrupt, being a million dollars in debt. Um, I mean, going back into real estate was a scary deal for me. I had to start with single family homes. Uh, I'm not saying everybody has to do it that way. But I think, again, if you've never done anything with real estate investing, you're jumping in, don't just try to jump in the deep end of the pool. I mean, you, you need to have some little floaties on or at least get in the shallow end. So, you know, definitely go in more carefully and, and warm yourself up to it a little bit more until you build up to it. Just like any video game, you level up. You just don't start with the best, you know, the best weapons and you don't start with the best, you know, power or anything like that. Or you go fight level the up. best bad guy or the meanest bad guy. You don't go fight him right from the very <laughs> beginning. 
That's right. It's not like Metroid back in the day where you fight Mother Brain from day one, you know, like it's just not going to happen. You know, you got to build up to it. And, and I think it's the same thing with investing, too. There's levels. I agree. Now, talk to me about passive income. Now, let's say we buy a couple properties and we're thinking, you know what? I really don't want to work for somebody else. I want to be successful unemployed and I don't want to just own a business. What are your thoughts about creating either more businesses or figuring a way to make passive income so you work one time and get paid over and over again? I'm, I'm always a fan of that. You know, um, I, I love that, that method. Uh, I, I think that's a, definitely a great way to go. You know, is, is looking for ways to always create passive income, whether, uh, start with what, what you know best though. I mean, start somewhere simple where you've already had experience or you already been studying. Don't just try something brand new just because somebody says it's hot, right? Don't follow the advice of the, of the masses. If you hear everybody talking about it, that's the time not to do it, right? It's usually the, the quiet minority of us that are doing those things that are getting the best results. So with that, if I'm thinking about multiplying my time out, because if I'm working a regular job and I'm trying to invest a little bit, let's say I have one or two properties and I have somebody else managing the property, what would you suggest as the first, where should we write a book? Should we start a podcast? Because Eddie, you have a podcast. Um, should we do something that uh, is, even though we like doing it, let's say we like the idea of being on a podcast, what would be the easiest route that you would suggest? Is route to getting on a podcast or just oh, no. starting something that's passive income? Like what, what is the first idea for you? I mean, could it be creating a website and having affiliates? Could it be, like I said, having a podcast, writing a book? What would you say would be the easiest route to start making a little bit of passive income? You know, it's case by case for people. Um, I always, I, I like what one of my, my marketing mentors told me. He says, look for the fastest way to the cash, right? Um, and what he really meant is start with what you already have. What resources do you currently have? And so you really need to do an assessment, not just of your money, right? Everybody tries to assess the, what financial assets they have. I want you to look at your human capital. What are the human assets that you have? What are the strengths and the natural abilities? Like, for example, for me in 2006, you know, one of those streams of income I had was being a, being a referral source, right? Um, totally accidental. Um, but I'm a natural connector. I just naturally want to connect people and get them to help them solve problems, even if it means that if it's not me, it's somebody else. Um, so like, for example, one of my friends who was a millionaire gave me that idea. He said, Chris, do you like doing mortgages? And I was a mortgage broker at the time. And I said, well, I like teaching it, but I don't like dealing with the, the paperwork. It's like, well, Chris, you, why don't you connect with somebody who does like doing the paperwork? I said, are there people like that that exist on this planet? <laughs> and he's like, of course there is like, there are nerds out there everywhere. And so I found a guy actually within our own brokerage. I asked the owner, I said, Hey, who would fit this profile? And he says, Oh, Clark talk to Clark. And so I went to Clark and said, Hey, listen, if I send people to you, they're already ready to do a mortgage. You just have to do the paperwork. Would you split me 50% on that deal? He said, of course I would. And wow. so I would spend me a half an hour to an hour with a, with a client and then say, yeah, let's do this cash out refi. Let's invest it. Yay. Or whatever, you know, whatever I taught them. Right. And then they go to that and then they're like, great. Who do we talk to? I'm like, talk to Clark. And then the next thing I know, a month, month and a half later, I get this check for like a thousand or 1500 bucks. And I was like, that's like a thousand dollars an hour. That's the opposite of Napoleon Dynamite, who's like, that's like a dollar an hour. Gosh, you know, <laughs> it was way better. Um, and so for me, that was just natural. And so I started thinking, where, where else could I do that? So I even found like a wholesale jeweler in Salt Lake City. They were do a five percent kickback because I knew they would save the customer like three times what they would pay at the mall. So I thought, well, great. This is a win-win-win transaction. Win for me win for the business owner and a win for the person I'm referring because they get a good deal too. And that's all, that's where I was starting to see like at least a few thousand dollars a month come from that alone, right? 
Um, and so start with what you have, you know, everybody's got it differently. I've, I've had other people where they, they end up wanting to do a franchise and that was their thing. They're like, Hey, I'm a real estate investor, but I want to get away from real estate. Let's do open up a franchise. You know, I've had other people that have looked for other opportunities. It might just be, it could be coaching, right? It could be working with somebody one-on-one because they're a natural teacher. Okay, great. If you like to teach, maybe you do do a podcast. Maybe start there. By the way, you, know, you can always start coaching. You don't have to have a website. Just so you know. Um, I mean, a website's nice, but I, I didn't I didn't really have much of a website to refer people to, but I was still getting clients because I was like, hey, this is what I offer. This is what I can do. And I, I put a price to it and I sold it, you know? Um, whether it's like group coaching, it could be like one-on-one consulting. I mean, there's there's so many things you can do, but you know, that's where you take an assessment. What are your strengths? What are your passions? How can you combine those together in a way that solves problems or serves people in a way that they want to pay you money? There's a lot of P's in that. Yeah, I, I, I like that idea because you're figuring out what you're already either good at, what you already know, the people that you already are around. And I mean, there's so many people that have totally different ideas of way to make money or way to um, connect other people or whatever it might be than I do. And so I don't assume that I know everything. And so if I can figure out what I am inherently good at, let me start going down that route. Now, I do want to quickly touch on the idea you mentioned in 2006, you started investing. That's also when I started investing in real estate and you're really close to going bankrupt. What did you learn from that, that you can help us that you know, obviously you've implemented now into your businesses what did you learn from that almost going bankrupt to now that we can learn? Yeah, I've learned that that uh, you got to be humble and that boring is sexy. <laughs> That's what I've learned. I um, agree. Because, you know, like that was the thing. Like once I started to make a lot of money in, in real estate, I thought it was me. I thought it had the minus touch, not the market conditions, not the fact that 2006, everything went up. Right. Um, and I was starting to get creative with real estate. You know, I was doing brokering different deals like I ended up selling a house to then turn around and lease it back. And then I did a sublease out, which is basically like a long-term renter, almost like a short-term rental, right? But as a long-term renter, um, I was negative cash flow, but who cares? Because appreciation was awesome. So I was gambling on appreciation for one, right? And that's because it was sexier than just going for cash flow. You know, I was like, you know, you never, you never see those programs out there, those real estate programs that say, hey, how would you like to make a couple hundred extra dollars a month, right? Versus how would you like to make 50 grand on this flip, you know? I mean, that always sounds awesome, right? And so that's what they've always been marketed. Well, I started getting caught up in that that hype as well of like, whoa, if I bought a big house, see, if I bought a $100,000 property, it appreciates 10%, that's 10,000 bucks. But if I buy a $500,000 property, it appreciates 10%, that's 50,000 bucks. So why not just buy big properties, you know, and things like that? And and that was just dumb, you know, like again, and then I, they were like negative cash flowing. They weren't, they weren't really supporting and having profit. So this time around, I said, okay, first I'm going to be more humble. I'm going to realize that I am not, I'm not the smartest man on the planet. Um, I don't have the Midas touch. Not everything I touch turns to gold. Like I have to actually do the right things. So like when I, when I look at a rental, for example, even a single family home, Hey, is this thing, if I'm going to put $30,000 down, it better pay me net profit at least three or 400 bucks a month, or I don't want it. You know, I want that extra buffer just in case something goes wrong, you know, and, and I build up cash reserves. I was, instead of trying to deploy all my money like I did back then, and I, and I put all my, by the way, I put all my equity, all the money that I had into equity of my home, stupid. Back, back then, you, you remember, I mean, we could do stated income mortgages um, and we could get out 100% of our, of our equity because banks were lending it. So I thought, well, pff, I could just throw the money in equity in my home, like Dave Ramsey says, worst case, I can always just get a line of credit and get it out. 
Well, middle of 2007 rolled around, I started getting cash tight because the banks were starting to tighten up their money. I needed to get to access the equity. I couldn't get to it, right? Because it was locked up. And, and of course, even worse, we saw that the prices actually drop. So that money I put in was actually a losing investment, trying to pay down my home mortgage. Dumb idea. So I keep money in cash liquid. Um, like I said, I go for high profit, you know, cash flowing investments that are stable and predictable. Um, I actually make sure I'm a very liquid and I'm, I'm using my money appropriately and, and I stay humble. That's great. I appreciate all those lessons. That was something that as I was watching all these investments going on back in 2006, all the way through the crash in 2000, through to 2010, seeing how people were going for appreciation, like hoping that the hoping and praying that the value goes up and then being able to sell it for make more money. And I was like, you know what? That's great. Good for them. I wish I was making 50 grand a pop on a house, but you know, my $250 a month in passive income, that's how I feed my family. So I, I just, I just like kept on, like you said, being humble. So I love that idea, just being humble and then just realizing like cash flow is, if you don't have cash flow, if you don't have money coming in, your business is dead. And so you need to make sure you have that coming in. Oh man, Chris, you gave us a lot of great insights. Now let's jump into the rapid fire round. Now the rapid fire round is the questions are short, but your answers don't have to be. Now the first question is, with all the great advice you've given us, is there anything we might have missed that we should know as well in building our businesses with passive income as well? You know, I think one important thing, and it kind of came up when I was hearing you talk, was tracking your money. You know, make sure you're tracking your income as well as your expenses. Uh, understand that people that are hyper-focused on expenses, they ignore the income piece. Obviously, there's only two things we can do to improve our cash flow, is either increase income or decrease expenses. And you can only decrease expenses so far before you're living in a cardboard box, right? And that becomes unproductive. Um, then you get sick and then your medical bills go up. And we don't want that. We wanna be able to focus on how do we generate more income as well as reducing our expenses and having that extra profit. Um, that difference between income and expenses is where freedom exists. That's where you have more options. And when you have more options, that's when you feel like more freedom, which is what my shirt says, you know, it's cash flow equals freedom, right? It's what you want. So I think that's a one big tip I would go with is, is really focus on getting yourself as a wise steward of your money. I view, and the a really, really key statement you just made is being a wise steward of the things that you've been blessed with. And so everything that we have, I just look at it as well. It's, it's all of its God. So as best I can, I need to steward it well, basically uh, protect it and manage it and make sure everything's going well for, for God as well as for my family. So I love that. And you're, you hit the nail on the head with a lot of people focus, and it's not wrong, but they focus on saving a buck or saving a dollar. It's like the term would be save a buck, save a dollar over and over again. But like you said, you're 100% right. Eventually, you could only cut so much. You can only save so much. And then eventually what you're doing is you're cutting and cutting and cutting, but you're sacrificing what you could eventually make and make a buck, make more money. And so that sacrifice of time to try to save money, like, well, if I, instead of trying to save money, use that time to make more money, then things would get better and better. So I love that idea. Okay, so what is one bit of advice that you would give your younger self? It could be business, it could be life, anything like that. Uh, it definitely would be, listen to me now. <laughs> I mean, uh, but in all seriousness, I mean, find, you know, I would really find that mentor that is somewhere, someone who is where I want to be, right? And not just anybody who I perceive as being successful. Because I remember 20 years ago, I thought the most successful guy in our office making 300000 a year was incredible. Now looking back, I'm like, hey, he's just a normal guy. In fact, he taught me a lot of bad habits of things not to do. He just, he just worked really hard to make 300000 a year, right? 
Um, but really finding people that are free that, uh, that you actually do find in that place and really get them to mentor you find people that are doing like what we're doing. And the great thing is you've got YouTube here, you know, you've got, you know, you've got iTunes, you got all these experts to people like us that can actually help you along that path. Now, what is one book, nonfiction book that you would recommend that we should read? I would say the one that just popped in my head, uh, cause there's so many, uh, would be, um, the pumpkin plan by Mike Michalowicz. So he's the same guy that wrote the book Profit First, where a lot of people have heard that one. And that's a great book too. If you haven't read that one, that's a great book, Profit First. But The Pumpkin Plan just changed my perspective and actually changed my business to the point where I was able to become financially independent faster the second time in 2016, just because it got me to really hone in on where is the money being made? Actually, really, how can I reduce my spending on certain things and just put all my focus into the thing that actually works? And it's a great, brilliant book. The Pumpkin Plan. I'm going to definitely have to check that out. I like Mac, Mike McCollowitz. He's got some good stuff. All right. So what is one tool, one app, one thing that you use in your life on a day-to-day basis? It could be a piece of paper and a pencil. Uh, what is one thing that you use on a day-to-day basis that we should look into using? Uh, besides Netflix? <laughs> 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 yeah, I think one, one thing I use on a day-to-day basis, um, I don't know how many people work out, um, but... I mean, I think one the one thing is when you're trying to do this, you should be trying to improve all aspects of your life, right? Uh, not just your financial, like you mentioned spiritual too. Like we should definitely have that connection with God or whatever your higher power is. You know, we should have connect with our families. We should be, you know, getting our bodies in better shape. And so um, I actually been doing more running. I've been actually doing marathon training even. So um, I started doing an app called Run With Hal, which has been fantastic. Um, it actually caters this personal plan with, for me. And, and I'm one of those people, like if I have a good solid plan, I will do everything I can to stay in integrity to that plan. If I don't, I just kind of casually do whatever I feel like but when I got a good p- solid plan that gives me a, a tracking workout and whatever that app is for you, maybe it's something on, you know, you know, working out at the gym or something like that. But for me, if I've got a good solid plan, like I stick to it and I get results. I think that's a great idea too. And I like doing Olympic lifting. That's where snatch and clean and jerk. So the heavy lifting that they do, you see in the Olympics. And if I just walk into the gym and just try to, let me just plan something right now. I won't do anything that I should do, but what I do when I have a plan, now this is true for also all areas of my life. I always have ideas or plans of what I'm going to do. Because I know at the time, I'd rather just, like you said, watch Netflix. I'd rather go play golf. I'd rather just not do anything. But when I go to the gym, I have literally, I think it's like 16 or 18 weeks of programming already set just because I don't want to get there. All I got to do is pull up my my phone, has Excel sheet of programming, and be able to say, what do I do? Okay, good. That's all I got. I don't have to think. I just have to put the weight on and do the movement. So I think having a plan is fantastic. And there's a saying, I love the saying, it says, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And we need to have that plan. Okay, Chris, so many great insights. I know people are going to want to reach out to you, listen to your podcast. How can people find you? Yeah, two ways are the easiest way to find me. You know, one, you can go to moneyripples.com. That's our website. You can check out. We've got lots of resources on there. Uh, the second thing is you can follow our podcast, which is called The Chris Miles Money Show, where we talk about everything from passive investing to infinite banking, which is one of the things we do as well. I mean, we talk about all kinds of topics on that show. Well, Chris, thank you so much for giving us all your great insights. I definitely know that people are going to want to reach out to you. Definitely, everybody check out his podcast as well. So, Chris, thanks you so much for being on the show. Hey, it's been a pleasure. Appreciate it, man.
Today's episode has been brought to you by the Real Estate Wealth Builders Membership. That's the membership that I founded teaching people how to quit their J-O-B by investing in real estate rental properties. Now, Real Estate Wealth Builders is your place to learn how to invest in real estate with five different masterclass courses group coaching with me and a private student community where we all work together, all the tools and the discounts, all the resources and everything that you need to quit your J-O-B by investing in real estate. Now, I do want to show you how to do this completely for free. If you want to learn about investing in real estate for free, I want to get you my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. That's R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777 so you can see how you can quit your job that J-O-B by investing in real estate. I'll show you how to find properties, how to use other people's money to buy properties, and how to scale the business to be successfully unemployed just like I did. Now, did you also know that there are video versions of each and every single episode on the Successfully Unemployed show? Well, I did record every single one of these for you. I recorded them for you so you will be able to learn from the experts themselves, see what they're doing, see everything that they are talking about on this show visually and all their examples, all their slides, all their pictures that they even draw. Everything is on there. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. Or if you just go to YouTube and type in successfully unemployed, more than likely you're going to find me. So successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. And I would truly appreciate it if you subscribe to Successfully Unemployed on YouTube and wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to this show so that you can always get every bit of new information on how to quit your J-O-B. Also, if you got anything out of the show, share it with just one person. Share it with just one person so that they can see the light that it is so much better to not work a job, be successful, unemployed, and be your own boss. All right, guys, this is it for today's show. I will see you next week. See ya.